Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. So I have a message today called More Than Words. And I'm going to try to get through it with, uh, and get you guys out on time. Uh, maybe not in and out I love in and out but you don't have to go there. You can go to Whataburger if you'd like to. Um, nothing wrong with that either. But you should try P. Terry's. Anybody been to P. Terry's? And that's the spot right there. I love that, that place. So um, we're going to find our scripture in the book of John chapter 4. And I'm going to read verse 27 through 42. Okay, 27 through 42. And I'd love for you to follow along with me. And we're talking about a, a story in the gospel. And it says, at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? It's like it always just goes over their head, huh? So Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes a harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their lands. And many, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world." So let's pray. Father, we invite you, we invite you, Lord, we thank, we're thankful you're here. I pray you help me to preach, God, your word with confidence and boldness, God. I pray that it would not be my thoughts or my opinions, God, of things that I want to say, but let every word that is, that is out of my mouth be led by your spirit and be founded on your word. We thank you in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Okay, so uh, can, I, can I confess to you today? Can I make a little confession, all right? Uh, Rolando, you mind if I use you for a second? Come up here. This is, this is my boy, Rolando, and uh, come, up, come, on, come on over here. Um, you can come up here. Yeah, come up here. I, I would like you down there so I, so I look taller, but it's okay. Come up here. Um, so, um, Rolando, this guy, you, you, you work out a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, me and Rolando were talking. Uh, we, went out to, uh, we went out to lunch, and we were talking about your routine and stuff like that, right? Um, so, I, I want to get in shape, or I want to ask you a question. Okay. How often do you go to the gym? Uh, six times a six, week. Six times a week. Okay. And do you watch or do you eat? Yeah. Okay. So, I want to work out, right? Yeah. I would love to get in shape. But how, how much would I accomplish if I only said that I wanted to, the gym, wanted to go to the gym but never went? Nothing. Nothing, okay. Um, so what, what do you find your most, your, your, the best thing for you? Is it when you actually do it or when you say it? When you do it. Okay, so obviously I can say it as much as I want and still look like this, right? But he does it and he looks like this, right? That's all I needed you for. Thank you, Rolando. <laughs> so I, want, I wanted to, to, to bring this out for, for a reason because... There are things that I want to do, 
right? Like maybe, maybe one day I'll be a gym guy. I don't know. I've been saying that for years and years and years. So I don't know. I'm 30 now, so maybe it's done. It might, it's, it's gone. I am who I am, right? I am who you say I am, and that's good enough. Um, but, but, you know, it, you know I want to do that, but, but the problem is this, is, is we say a lot, but we don't do much about it. Right? Like, I say that I want to go to the gym, but if I never win, if all I do is say what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it, I'm going to look the same. My wife was like, you better start doing something about the gym. But, but listen, okay, okay, now we're going to get deep, all right? You ready? How many of us say... I want to be used by God. Oh, man. Should I stop? Should I stop now? Should I keep talking about the gym? It's a little bit more funny, right? But how many of us say, God, I give you my life. God, I want to do something for you. But then we don't do nothing. We, we, I'll, say, I'll say it like this. I don't want to talk about it. I want to be about it. I don't want to talk about it. I want to be about it. What good is it if all we ever do is talk and never do? James 2, 14 through 17 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body? What does it profit? Thus, also faith by itself, it does, if it does not have works, is dead. How messed up would that be? <laughs> like Somebody comes to you, they're hungry, they're like, oh, you're a, go ahead, man, go be fed, go be well. It's like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do now? All you did was say something. He's saying, no, no, you can't just talk about it. You've got to be about it. You can't just tell somebody that they're going to be okay if you're not willing to lend a helping hand and actually do something to help them get through what they're going through. And the truth is this, is that the opportunity is there. It's already in front of you. Jesus is like, man, look up. Look up. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. He's like, man, would somebody, would somebody just look up one day and stop being so selfish about, oh, man, I got I to gotta move on from what I'm, I'm, I'm doing here. But see, the opportunity is there. All right. Okay. See, guys, our church is too small to not silence your phones. We can all hear it. It's, <laughs> it's too small right now. You got to wait a couple years. You come in, it'll ring, we won't notice, I guess. But the opportunity is there. It's in front of you. It's right there. It's in your everyday life, the opportunity. The harvest is ready. The question is, are you? And most of us are satisfied with a stagnant Christian life. I'm okay with Sundays. But my Monday through Saturday... Those are mine. And that's right. And God, you, you know, I can go and I can lift my hands on Sunday, but everything else is a little much. 
right? Any, anybody relate to this? Okay, I'm going to preach to myself today. This is nobody here, right? We, we got it all together at this church. We're good. You should record this and send it to somebody that you know it will help, all right? Um, but the, the truth is this is that some of us are okay with that stagnant Christian life. But a stagnant Christian life is, a, is really just a, is a puddle that's ready for sin. That's why those who live a stagnant life always go back and forth. Because there's no fire. There's no life. Even, even in Revelation, he's like, man, you got to be hot or cold because you're lukewarm and you're nasty. Like, you, you, this not, I got to, man, you guys get me, you get me preaching on stuff. But listen, there, there's this in, internal, con, internal confrontation that has to take place. Because none of us, none of, look at, even, even me, all right, all of us, nobody likes to be confronted with what they're doing is wrong. Nobody likes that. That's awkward and that's weird, right? Like, I don't want anybody telling me what I'm doing. I don't want anybody trying to correct me because it's awkward. It's weird. But correction is healthy, but there has to be this face-to-face internal confrontation of the things in your life. The things in your life that Jesus is like, hey, you've got to work on that. There are things in your life that, that, that don't line up to what I want for you. And this woman at the well, so the story, the story, we, we kind of jumped into the middle of it, but the story is this, Jesus is on his way to another city, and he has to stop in Samaria, and he goes to the well, and there's a, there's a Samaritan woman sitting at the well. Now, Jews and Samaritans, they didn't get along very well, but Jesus is sitting down with this woman at the well, and he says, hey, how, how weird would this be? You're trying to do some work, and somebody's like, hey, give me a drink. Give me a drink of that water. You know the water that you're working real hard on? Getting, give, give me some of that. So Jesus sits with her, and he's like, hey, give me some water, and, And then they have this conversation, and and he starts kind of revealing some things about himself to her. And then he says, hey, go get your husband. And she goes, oh, I don't have a husband, and leaves it at that. And then Jesus is like, no, no, you don't have a husband because you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with right now ain't even your husband. Right? There's like this, there's this confrontation. Jesus is like, he's letting her open up, but at the same time, he's exposing her sin. He's exposing what what is in her life that is not in alignment with who he is and what he has for her. So he says, you're right, you don't have a husband, but you've had five. And you're living with somebody who's not your husband. And she goes, like, tries to change the subject. She's like, okay, well, where do we worship then? (laughs) Like, like, just like, like, we don't need to talk about this. But there's this, there's this confrontation. There's this confrontation between Jesus and the woman. And he's, 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 it's, she's like now face to face with her issues and she has a choice to make. Do, what, do I continue in this conversation? Do I allow this man to change me and tell me what I'm doing is wrong? Or do I escape and go back to my old way of living? And the truth is every single one of us also face that confrontation internally where we look at things within our life and Jesus begins to reveal those things and we have a choice to make. Do I allow him to continue to expose me and, and, and cleanse me and set me free of these things? Or do I stay in the life that I've been living? It's this internal confrontation. Can I ask you a question? You don't need to answer out loud because it may be a little bit weird. But what are you facing today? What is, what is in your life right now, right now today? You know, we all like to say, oh, I've been set free from this and that. And it's like, okay, but there are still some things in you. 
It's like when, whenever God takes care of the big stuff, we're okay with the little things. But can I, what, what do we know about sin? Is it grows. And those little things that we begin to be okay with eventually will be, will be the big things that we're, we're, we're trying to be free from. Can I, can I say this? That nobody can control their sin. You're not strong enough. We're not strong enough to control our sin. We're not strong enough to control our we, that's, that's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send you a helper that's going to give you the, uh, the power to overcome the sin in your life. But we all have this face-to-face -face internal confrontation of things we have to overcome and things we have to let go of. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, we all, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, we all have a race to run. We all have a purpose to fulfill. Every single one of us. But we also have weights and, 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 and traps that will pull us back from accomplishing what God has called us to accomplish. You're saying, well, what, what does this have to do with don't talk about it, be about it? You cannot be about it. You cannot accomplish it. You cannot do the will of God if you're still trapped in your sin. He's saying, we got a race to run. So all that weight and that sin, let it go. All those things that we hold on to, let them go. Because you can't run the race with the weights on. You know what I'm learning about weight and sin? And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but correct me after service. We'll talk about it later and I'll correct myself next week, all right? But listen, what I'm, what I'm starting to understand is that there are weights such as depression, anxiety, frustration, like all these things in life, these emotional weights. <clears throat> and the thing about weights is weights will slow you down, but it'll take a long time for them to stop you. Right? But sin is a trap that will stop you where you are. So he's saying, let put down the weights. Let go of the things that are slowing you down and don't even get entangled. Don't even get involved in the things that will trap you. Sin is so deceitful. It, 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 may, it puts in front of us like this, this platter that looks so good, but it's just poison. Don't play with sin. I, I, I love it when people are like, I'm not going to get into any specifics, but I'll just give a generic um, phrase when people are kind of like, you know, well, pastor, how far can we go? Right? Like, you know, I know that's a sin, but like, you know, I just do this a little bit. Like, is it that bad? Right? It's like, well, what, uh, you know, it may not necessarily be a sin, but scripture says to abstain from all appearance of evil. Why, why even get close to the line of being trapped by sin? You, you, you've got a purpose to fulfill. If I could just, I think over the years in ministry, my biggest frustration, the, the thing that bothered me the most is that most of the people thought the only ones that were called were the ones with the microphones, that were, they were the ones with the positions and the titles. But can I tell you, if I can get you as our church to understand one thing, that you have a purpose, you have a destiny, God has called. Listen, no, no, we're like clapping and we get it. But God called you. He called 
You specifically, he has a purpose for you. He created you and said, I've got something for you. But you'll never, look, you'll never accomplish it if we're always going back and dabbling in sin and picking up weights and getting into relationships that are unhealthy and getting into friendships that are unhealthy and getting into jobs that God never called us to and being selfish. I got to stop. But, but, but I'm still learning. I'm still learning. We all got things to, we all have things in our life. There's always, sometimes God's like, he'll show me something about myself. I'm like, are you sure? Like, that's not that, come on. That's not that bad. Like, really? But how much, how much of you, of you belongs to him? How much of us really belongs to Jesus? Imagine, imagine, I'm not saying you're not, I'm not saying you're not, but imagine what our city would look like if every person that claimed to be a Christian was, was 100% sacrificed and surrendered to the Lord. Imagine if every single one of us immediately obeyed God every single time, what the world would look like. Now, there's grace. That's right. There's grace and there's mercy. And I understand we all make mistakes and we all struggle from time to time. But guys, struggling is a season. If you've been struggling with sin for years and years and years, that's a problem. That's a problem that God needs to set you free from, that you need to overcome so that you can accomplish the purpose that God has placed in your life. But I love what, what Jesus does is he, he so graciously this woman, he's sitting with her. He's like, yeah, you know, you've had five. And the one you're with now is not the one you're even married to. But he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, get on her and like, well, you're, you know, you're just a sinner. And, you know, you just made many mistakes. And I'll never, you know, he's not like that. If you read the scripture, Jesus continues the conversation. He's just talking with her. And he's teaching her these things about himself. Answering the questions that she has. Because that's what Jesus does. Is he'll, 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 like, he gets me in prayer all the time. And he's just like, son, these are things in your life that you, they're not right. And then he patiently and, and you know, with, with all understanding, he just he guides me through it. And when I make a mistake, he says, son, you made a mistake. Get it right. Come on. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. That's how he is. He's this God who will give you an internal confrontation. He'll confront the sin in your life. But he won't just leave you there. He confronts the weights in your life, but he doesn't just leave you there. He confronts you and he says, okay, now let's work this together. Let me help you walk this life out. But that is only with a life that is surrendered because any other life will just live, continue to live how we want to live. When he's called us, we have, to, we have to give more than words. Our Christian faith and our walk with the Lord has to be more than just words. Oh, God, I give you my life. I give it to you, Lord. I, you're worthy. And all, listen, all that is good. And it's, there's nothing you know, wrong with saying that. But, but be careful about what you promise God. 
Because if you promise him that your life is his, then we've got to mean that promise. We can't just talk about it. It has to be lived out. In that story, it says at this point, when the disciples came to him, and they, they, they marveled that he was talking with this woman, it says in verse 28 that the woman left her pot and went into the city and began to tell others about Jesus. She got up immediately. What she, what she had went for, and what her, the whole purpose of her being at the well, she completely just left it. So she left her water pot. She's just like, oh my gosh, like there was something, something happened to me. And immediately, it says that she got up and she went to tell others right away. She, she, she like became an evangelist day one. Day one evangelist, right? Like right away. And in fact, the whole city came and was changed because of this woman who was not well trained, probably didn't know all the scriptures. Probably had a pretty bad reputation in her neighborhood. But immediately she got up and she went to do what God had called her to do. Can I tell you that you don't have to wait till you're trained to do something for God? That you don't have to wait till you understand everything to do something for God? That you, look, I, I, I say this a lot because I hope it's relatable. I never finished high school. I never went to college. I never went to seminary. I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff. But God placed me here for some reason, right? But it's because I was surrendered to him. I said, God, whatever you want from my life, you don't have to be well polished. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to know every word, every theological phrase, and all the languages of the past scriptures. You don't have to know all that. You just got to say, okay, Jesus, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. God, if you call me to do it, I'm going to do it. God, you want me to talk to that person at the market? I'm going to talk to that person at the market. Lord, you want me to pray for that person at the gas station? I guess it's kind of awkward, but God, I'll do it because you told me to. You don't have to wait to, to fulfill what God has called you to do. You can do it right now. You are called right now. Today. Imagine if we lived Monday through Saturday like we have a purpose. You are called right now today. God has placed a, a divine purpose in your life right now today. Are you fulfilling it or are you wasting it? Are we doing everything that we could to do what God has called us to do, or are we just doing it on Sundays? Again, this is for somebody else today. But honestly, when I was putting this scripture together, you know how many times I had to, I had to repent? <laughs> you know how many times I had to turn around on my office chair, get on my knees and say, Lord, that's me. I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry that I'm not doing this. God, I'm sorry that I'm not doing my best. God, I'm sorry that I let days go by where I don't even think about my purpose. God, I'm sorry. You are called by God right now today, and everybody has a different calling. There's, there's individual purpose. Some are called to be evangelists and pastors and teachers. Some are called to be artists and singers and songwriters. Some are called, you know, we got barbers in here. We got hairstylists. We got, uh, um, Rolando is a um, bodybuilding champion. No, I'm serious. Like, that's what he does. Like, but that's, we all have different things, right? There's all, there's all these different purposes in our life. Like, we all have different gifts and talents and abilities, and God has placed that in you to fulfill that. But we also have a united purpose, 
We also have a greater purpose to build the kingdom and to see souls into the kingdom, to see people forgiven and set free, and to see them meet Jesus. Your, indiv your individual purpose should never hinder the united purpose. God has given you gifts and talents and abilities, and all that is good, but you've got to remember the main thing is what your, does your life represent the kingdom? Is, is your life bringing others to Christ? Are you using your gifts to glorify God? Don't just talk about it. Be about it. I don't want to just say words. I want to do something. I want to have more than words for God. It's, it's this selfless living. This is, and I think this is the reason it's so difficult sometimes. Is because living for Christ is selfless. Amen. It's living a selfless life. Babe, if you want to come up and play, please. We're going to end right here. You know, this, this, this whole story, this whole thing that happened is because Jesus wanted to take a break. Like, he was on his way to another city, and Scripture says he was tired, he was hungry, he was thirsty. Now, listen, I, on Sundays when I get tired, I just want to go home. I just want to take a nap and turn off my phone for a little bit. But Jesus, he, he was tired, hungry, and even in his tired state, he ministered to a woman. Because it's selfless. He wasn't concerned with what he wanted at that moment. He was concerned with the will of his father. It's selfless. If we want to live out our purpose, it has to be lived out with selfless living. I've never met a selfish Christian. Now you may say, well, I have. I don't know. Christians, we can't be selfish because our life is not ours. Our life doesn't belong to us. And selfless living is often uncomfortable and it's inconvenient. But this is how we fulfill our purpose, is we live for others. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Too often we stop with input. We, okay, God... Give to me, give to me, give to me, give to me. Lord, I need breakthrough, I need freedom. And he gives you all that you asked for, but what are you doing with it? It's, he says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What are you doing with the message that you carry? What are we doing with what God has given us? What are we doing with it? Now these questions, again, I'm asking myself. Because I could do more. I could do more. I really can. And I, I, you know, I feel like I've got great excuses, as you probably do too. You know, at the end of the day, when I'm done with work and I'm done, you know, with the kids, I just want to go. I just want to chill. <laughs> like when I go to the, when I go to Target with all my crazy kids, I just want to zone in and chill, right? Usually because my wife disappears. I don't know. It's like this magic trick when she gets Target. She's just, she's gone. I don't know what happens. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> but yeah, I've got reasons to not do, to not be selfless. I've got reasons to, and so do you. But I'm sick of talking about it. 
I want to be about it. I want to do something for God. I want to, I want to change my city. Now, you may be like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. And maybe it doesn't happen. But I want to do everything that I can to, to see if it does. I, I believe that our church is just a little fire that's starting in this little city. That it's going to burn and burn and burn. But you know what will set our churches, make it a little bit different, is if we stop talking about it and be about it. I don't want to just talk about it anymore. I want to be about it. I want to do every. So that means that everything that is in my life that is not right with the Lord, the movies I watch, the music I listen to, the time that I spent, oh, man, we got to begin to prioritize our time a little bit better. Amen. The things that I do for recreation, the things that I do out of habit and out of routine, my hobbies, all of that has to be given to God. The sin in my life, the mistakes and the failures and the weights has to be given to God. That's hard and it's difficult. But if you want to be about it, then you've got to let go of all of that. Fully, 100% surrendered. Jesus puts it plain. He's like, you can't serve two masters. Everything. But this life, if we learn to sacrifice everything, you will be more satisfied and more full of life than you ever imagined. Jesus says when the disciples came, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. This guy was hungry. That's why they went there. He was hungry. And he says, I have food of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to him, did somebody bring him something to eat? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I, don't, I, I could be speculating here, but scripture never tells us that Jesus took a drink. Who knows, he may have, may have, you know, chugged that water jug when she left it. I don't know. But the reality is this, is that his full satisfaction was found when the woman experienced God. She's like, I found, I found him. There's somebody that told me everything about myself. I think it's the Messiah. She was changed. And that was the satisfaction of Jesus, that, that he had the joy of bringing others into this kingdom. I want this to be my joy. You know, I, I, God has blessed us with many things. We have, we, God has been good to us. He's been good to us. But my, my greatest, our, our together, we, we talk about this, and our greatest satisfaction is to see people one day just like, oh my gosh, I get it. I get it. I love having the conversation with people in our church that are like, I've never experienced God like this. I didn't even think that I could. 
That's my satisfaction. My satisfaction is when somebody comes and they didn't know Jesus. And they give their life to him and everything changes. That's my satisfaction. If you want to be fully satisfied. If you want to be fully satisfied in your life. Then start living for others. Start living a life of building the kingdom. And then you'll be like Jesus. I've got food. I've got something that I didn't even know would satisfy me like this. I've, I, didn't even know why, I don't even know why I'm so happy all the time. Maybe it's because you're fulfilling God's calling on your life. So don't just talk about it. Be about it. No more empty words. No more empty words. No more empty words. God, I'm yours. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes today. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.